Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. You just bought a home in the suburbs, but no one told you about all the birds, specifically this one, who seems to be calling out Roy. Roy. But who exactly is Roy? And why doesn't he ever respond? Maybe Roy is just bird speak for save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto. I guess until Roy answers, we'll never know. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearing stunning host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Soroka. Hey, Matt. How are you doing? Can't wait good, to tell good. you about Little League. Had my first had my first uh, practice. Yeah, I'm, I'm, so, I'm curious to see this, uh, this train wreck. I mean, I, this... Uh... I, I addressed the parents. <laughs> Lots of feedback last week from people with both advice and warnings. I can imagine. <laughs> As we rolled in. Look forward to hearing that. But we'll get to that story later on. Yep. Speaking of uh, advice and mornings, we're also joined by a guy whose his leg heals faster than Lamar Jackson's. Uh, the <laughs> the zany one, Bert. <laughs> What's up, three three sixers? Yeah, let's hope. Although it's not my knee, right? Lamar's his knee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This Poor is head. my uh, tibia and fibia. Uh, well, let me ask you a question: fracture. If there yeah. was a playoff game next week. Could you play in the playoff game at quarterback? Not a chance. What about <laughs> eight weeks from now? Uh, yeah, yeah. All all points. Uh, the doctor told me within four weeks, I'll be walking around like nothing happened. And or no, four weeks, I'll be walking around, but it's still healing. And after six weeks, it'll be like it never happened. Matt, so. I know. I know the the Orioles actually made a trade. We haven't we actually got a kind of legit pitcher this week. I'm but so pumped I, about it. Yeah, yeah. But last week So is he. He's pumped about last it. Last week yeah. while we were, while we recorded while we were recording the episode, for a little bit Bert was no longer with us. As he, as he was uh knocked out and put <laughs> under for his surgery while we were recording. And I believe Did you have any was, type of OB? Did did you see yourself floating above the <laughs> operating table at all, Bert? Uh, no, none of that. I mean, what it's uh, like eight 45 on Monday night, East coast time right now, as we record this and exactly one week ago, right now is about when they were putting me under. So, uh, <laughs> I believe yeah. that phrase was you're no longer with us. I think you're no longer <laughs> on the podcast, but it being awkward because you're put under at the same time. True. Yeah. So I guess both work, but Matt, um, I believe, have you been like me where you've kind of avoided 
getting any details from Bert, like checked in, let, let us know, like we care about Bert, but not wanting any details because we know we want it on the podcast. Or did you wow. go into deep? Yeah, I mean, my yeah, reason Matt, for not wanting Matt, details is not that. But Matt, tell them about all the text messages you sent me to see how good I'm doing. Tell tell Josh about that. <laughs> yeah, he sent us to me. <laughs> Let me officially check in on Bert. Oh, Bert, how are you doing? Bert, right. wishing you a speedy recovery. Let me guess. You got the, Get you got well the same, soon, Bert. You got the same text message from Matt that I got last week. One that says, happy birthday. Hey, that's, no, I got zero for Bert. But I got one for you, which I'm proud of. Um, yeah, you did. You did get me. But anyway, I'm surprised we... I didn't get a, a text from other people saying, "Why haven't you texted yet?" But, <laughs> um, but but no, I was still my... distracted. But I think you and I were even confused with some of the. We made some assumptions about the activity he was doing that I think yeah. turned out to be wrong. Well, that's so, why I didn't want to ask about it because I feel like, listen, uh, if he wants to share what happened, he can share what happened, but. The, the the manner is a little bit suspicious. I don't want to. Uh-huh. I don't want to pry. Sure. Um, maybe it was you know embarrassing. Maybe he's uncomfortable sharing. Um, I hope. I hope all of that. <laughs> I mean, right. so it, it is, is embarrassing. So is, it, is it time for something we haven't had in a long time? Yeah, yeah. Let, let's let's, let's do this. Oh, all right. Somewhere times. else. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So you guys want to hear about what happened. I, I yes. broke my leg. We, we've established that my left leg, tibia, amphibia, spiral fracture. Every time the doctors came in, they showed me the x-rays and they're like, whew, you really did a number on that leg. <laughs> I'm like, I know I was there. So uh, my birthday and my wife's birthday, they always fall right between, right around each other. My wife's is the 22nd of January. Mine's the 25th, and the day after is Josh's, coincidentally. And 26th. don't forget, Flora gets mixed in there, too, somehow. That's right. Baby so girl's we, in the mix. Got, you couldn't just leave that week to ours. Matt had to get involved as well. <laughs> the more I, the didn't text, I didn't text Flora happy birthday, either. Uh, for those <laughs> track. So, uh... So we're looking to do something fun for my wife's birthday to celebrate her. And, um, you know, with, with our family, we got the three kids or like we could just stay home and watch a movie. We could just we could go out to dinner. We could play board games. But I mean, that's all played out. We do that all the time anyway. Um, let's go out and actually do something. Let's do something fun together as a family to celebrate Laura's birthday. So Saturday night, um, the best idea we came up with was. Let's go to Skateland. You remember Skateland from when you were a kid from the 80s, uh, the roller rink. Uh, uh, it's it's January. Why not ice skating? Um, because we thought that would be too dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> My wife, because I was pushing for ice skating. There's there's a couple indoor rinks and there's the outdoor rink over on right. the White Marsh. The price is reasonable. You can get a reservation, even if. Laura didn't want to ice skate or she didn't want to worry about Albie. I could go. I would take the girls. I've ice skated before. It'll be fine. Didn't um, Laura like break her knee or leg or something ice skating? Laura broke her leg. Uh, yeah, I, I think it was either it was ice skating or roller skating. skating. That's probably yeah, why I was a kid. scared of ice yeah. skating. Yeah, that's so, why when I heard the injury, yeah, I assumed ice skating. Me too. And I thought, oh, Me here's too. another ice skating injury. But now, no, roller skating. Yeah, ice skating would have been a slightly cooler way to do it but roller right. skating it is what it is all right blades uh, or four wheels 
Just four wheels. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Little backstory. Uh, my my middle daughter, uh, middle child Delaney is in the eighth grade. And about four weeks ago, they had a middle school event at Skateland. And I took her and she met up with a bunch of her friends. And I didn't roller skate, but I just sat in a booth, played on my phone for two hours. You know, adult supervision in 2023. That's what it is. So uh, she did okay. And and I was enjoying just the atmosphere because I don't know if anybody's been recently, but Skateland is exactly the same as it was when I was in middle school. Probably uh, the same carpets too. Same carpets. <laughs> the playlist has changed a bit, the soundtrack, the music. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's still very much the same. The walls, uh, the decoration, the lights, everything. So the decision to do roller skating instead of ice skating was was welcomed because all five of us would do it. Laura was more comfortable ice skating. She She's like, Albie's never done it. Kinsey, I don't think Kinsey had ever done it. And Delaney had just done it four weeks earlier. So she was eager to try it again. She did. She was pretty good by the end of it. And I observing a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I, I'm sure I could do this again. I, I used to be a pretty decent roller skater when I was 12. So 30, 30 years ago. Yeah. Uh, that sounds like fun. Rolling around with wheels yeah. on your feet. That sounds like a good time. Yeah. yeah. Right. Sounds like something like I don't I think it's kind of like riding a bike. You don't really forget. Exactly. Out there. I've sure. I've uh compared it in the same manner, riding a bike, because <laughs> I put on the skates and I was the first one out there, and I was like, I it's it's a little awkward, but it's coming back to me. You know, you push side to side, you get your balance, you get a little the my my feeling was the faster I got, the more comfortable I was because I felt like I was in control. And then I mm-hmm. knew how to slow down. I could make the turns. Everything was great. Uh, Laura was going around with Albie, like holding his hand because he was just doing this, you know, kicking his feet back and forth. It's very much uh, getting used to it because he had never done it before. And each of the girls were doing pretty good on their own, but staying close to the wall. So I did a few laps on my own. I was getting comfortable. I, I took each of the girls, like held their hands and gave them a turn all the way around without holding on the walls. So they were feeling comfortable. So you're like the expert here. You're yeah. uh, leading the way. Sure. I did one with Albie too. I held Albie's hand and took him around one time. We were there probably about 30, 40 minutes or so and everything was fine. Um, I was doing great as 43 year old, 42, almost 43 year old men do. And uh <laughs> At one point, I came around. I was going down the longer stretch of the uh, rink. And a person in front of me had slowed down. Not anything nefarious or anything, just slowing. So being behind them, I either had to go around them or slow down myself. So I chose to slow down, which I feel like I did comfortably. But my left foot, my left skate went behind me i don't know i don't remember why or how it's probably completely wrong technique but my left foot went behind me tripped me up and i basically just collapsed and sat on my own left ankle and uh even with the loud music i heard it it was audible both like in my ears and in my head like in my body it was not pleasant i knew immediately that i hurt myself pretty badly but I had to get off the ice rink or the roller skate rink. Ice rink would have sounded so much cooler. Um, maybe not so much, but a little cooler. Uh, so then I, I basically just army crawled 
across the wooden roller skating rink to the closest opening and just like kind of collapsed there. I was already like laying down full body and just so people are there. still skating around the, yeah, the, the yeah. pop music is still blasting and there you are very much so army crawling your way to the side how many yeah. people probably screaming you right because you're in pain uh i was definitely groaning and being like oh, uh, uh, you know that sort of thing yeah um i got i got all the way off the rink like basically like down to like my thighs. So like my knees on down were still like laying on the rink. And at that point I couldn't move them. And your family like, doesn't seen you yet. No. Uh-uh. Oh wow. Oh, no. And so like, I'm looking up at these people who are looking down at me and they're like, are you okay, bro? Are you all right. And I'm like, I don't think I'm okay. And then a couple employees in like their um, referee outfits on the, with their whistles and roller skates, they come oh, by. They doing a the little backwards skate to you. Yeah. Yeah. Like the pros. And they're they're same thing. You okay, bro? Can you get can you get your legs off the rink at least? And I'm like, I I think I can, but I was like winded from the army crawl all the way across the rink. I was like, I I need a minute. I think I could move them off the rink, but I'm gonna need a minute. And they're and then all of a sudden they're on the walkie talkies and they're like, we gotta get the call the ambulance. And uh, they're they're like, a couple of people are like, can you move them? And other people are like, just leave them alone. Don't worry about. Don't move. Just stay where you are. They you put a couple. Huh? No, no, go on, go on. Maybe well, I actually did what I was the joke I was going to make. Go ahead. Well, I was wondering if the uh, I would imagine the referees are probably kids, right? Were they? I no, it was adults. I mean, they were oh, they were young okay. adults. Yeah, it wasn't teenagers. Oh, okay. I mean, the guy had a beard. I remember that. Well, that could be a teenager nowadays. Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty big beard, a man okay. beard. All right, and he didn't want to just pick you up and carry you off. No, I mean, I, I think at that point they don't want to touch you because they don't know what's going on. Um, so, uh, they put a couple little cones out where my feet were dangling (laughs) and they're like, let's close off this entrance exit way, you know? So they wouldn't let anybody enter off the rink from that one entry point. Like a traffic accident. Just move them to the side and put some cones up. Yeah, pretty much. I was going to ask for some caution tape or something, but the cone, the cones are even better. They put a basically sheet over you. It was basically Skateland's version of caution tape. <laughs> it's the little cones they put out. <laughs> Stay off of this area of the rink. And still, like, my wife and kids are nowhere to be found. And <laughs> Where are they? they How they big were, is this rink? The employees are like, are you, are you here by yourself? Like, <laughs> I guess it could have gotten a little sadder, but <laughs> uh, I, I was know. like, no. My wife's out there. My three kids are out there. Hold on. But how big is this rink? What were they doing? Because I mean, it, it was pretty big, and it was... It was but big. I feel like I've taken the kids roller skating and I can still look around and see where all the kids are and where my family members are while I'm skating. Well, and, and it had gotten pretty crowded. It was a Saturday night. And I mean, I am shocked. I was there a couple weeks ago right. for Delaney's yeah, Middle I, School yeah, thing. Like We're supposed to know Saturday night's the hot spot at the roller rink. I, ne- I had no idea. I'm flabbergasted still that I've been there twice in the last month and it is packed both times. I had no idea people still go to Skateland. It's insane. Um. So like <laughs> the so guys are the like, side, they put the cones up. Yeah. 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 They're like, well, let's see if we can get your family over here. Can you describe what they look like? And I said, <laughs> my wife's wearing a gold long sleeve shirt. She's with a little boy. And like, and so they're like, okay, we got her. And so like they spotted <laughs> her instantly and they called, they went over and then she'll, she'll tell you, they said, uh, your husband hurt himself. He's over here. So she comes over. And, uh, so, um, it started to become a little bit of a blur there. I, I never like lost consciousness or anything, but like 
next thing I knew there were EMTs there and they, um, they real quick got the scissors out and they cut all the laces off the skate and took the skate off my foot. And then they took the scissors and cut my jeans all the way up just past my knee, which was a bummer because they were my favorite jeans. (laughs) Are you still laying in the roller rink at this point? Yes. Yeah. They hadn't taken me to the ambulance yet. Um, so then the EMTs, uh, they put some kind of soft cast or inflatable cast or something on it and then put me up on the gurney and wheeled me out of there, down the stairs, everything, into the back of the ambulance. Did and, they realize uh, how bad the injury was? Like, like could, could you tell by looking at it that it was, it was broken? I think they could probably tell. I mean, there weren't any – it wasn't a compound fracture. Nothing was sticking out of the skin or anything. Right. There wasn't any blood, but I think it was getting pretty swollen at that point. And they knew okay. I couldn't move it. Uh, so um, they put me in the back of the ambulance and where I could hear Laura talking to him outside the ambulance. And they, Laura was going to follow me. They had gotten my brother on the phone. My brother was going to take the kids uh, so Laura could be at the hospital. Um, and uh, I mean, that, I mean, I'd never been in an ambulance in my life. The, the, everyone I dealt with was super nice. Uh, they gave me fentanyl in the ambulance. And they're like, you're going to start feeling real loopy now. I'm like, whatever. I mean, whatever you want to give me, I don't care. Um, I feel like I told everybody in the world, no allergies. I'm, uh, you know, how much I weigh, how tall I am. Uh, which just a lot of repeating the same stuff. Huh? You have to, you have to make sure they know which leg to work on too, right? (laughs) I think it was pretty obvious that once I got in there, but they, they took me to Franklin square hospital and then I just, I I didn't I never felt loopy, but I could I could definitely feel getting myself getting chattier because every, I feel like every nurse or doctor I talked with I was like this is so ironic because my birthday is on Wednesday and I was born in this same hospital 43 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> so it's basically it's basically become a spring training episode of 336. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of talking a lot of excitement. Oh. I mean, so that whole first night was, a, I, I mean, I, I don't want to get into every detail. There were a lot of little things that happened. There was a couple of little funny stories, but you know, it, at one point this, they brought in this one guy who, um, they, there wasn't any room for me. So I'm laying on a gurney at Franklin square in the emergency room, just in the hallway, which I think is fairly common when there's no rooms available. They'll just right. line people up in the hallways. And then there's this one dude in the bed at my feet who lights up a cigarette in the emergency room laying in his gurney and the nurses all freak out. I mean, justifiably. So you can't smoke in a hospital. Like they're, they're like, sir, you have to put that out, sir, sir. And he's like incoherent. And uh, they eventually, he won't put it out. So they take a bottle of water and just like douse it on his face (laughs) to put out the cigarette. And, and he's still like not reacting at all. And then about like 10 minutes later, he starts, he starts going, y'all messed up my phone. <laughs> it's like blubbering nonsense. And the nurses are all real sassy right back to us. Like, That's because you lit up a cigarette in here, dummy. <laughs> Don't you? There's oxygen tanks everywhere. You can't light a cigarette in here. And he's like, y'all messed up my phone. Y'all, why'd y'all dump water in my face? And they had security there just for this one dude. I was like, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure I'm safe, but I'm starting to feel a little unsafe. <laughs> Yeah, no, that doesn't surprise me at all. Having a, a wife who's a nurse, the amount of people that go into the hospital with just mental issues or drug issues, 
It's wild. It's a wild, yeah. wild place. I hear wild stories all the time. No, I'm but sure there's nothing I could tell her that she hasn't seen ten times worse. Um, but as 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 Laura described it, um, she just said like they carried you out to the ambulance in in in, in a blanket, and I imagine right. someone like finding a blanket there and just picking you up in this kind of random blanket and dragging you outside. But it was like a gurney. <laughs> well, I don't know. Now that you say that, she could be right. I that I I I was looking straight at the ceiling, so I really have no okay. idea. They might have been carrying me in a blanket, or yeah. it might have been like a backboard or something, and they yeah. just carried that. I like the I idea of swallowed in a blanket, carried out. Yeah. <laughs> so are, ha- are half of your pants still at Skateland? No, no. That they I was in my cut up jeans the whole time I was at Franklin Square, pretty much for a day and a half. Really, they were still buttoned at my waist, but cut all the way past my knee on my left leg. Um, and like they, they came in that night and they just kept saying, we're, we can get you into surgery tonight. And I was like, great, you know, let's, let's knock this out. Let's just do what you got to do. And they they took me back three times for x-rays because they wanted, they checked my ankle, they checked my knee, they checked my foot. They put me in a CAT scan, um, all my ligaments, everything's good. But seeing the x-ray of my tibia and fibia, I mean, it's, obviously a, a bad break uh but it could have been worse because if it would have been you know shattering my ankle or the bone the break made its way up to its knee or like i tore a ligament or something that could have been way worse so the fact that it's just my bone is good um so you're expecting a full recovery yeah that's what they're saying but there'll it, be something with the pin or something lodged into your ankle now well that's yeah that's the thing uh just to backtrack till i get there that Oh, they did, they ended up not getting me into surgery Saturday night. So like, we'll get you in first thing Sunday morning. Okay. Sunday morning, uh, they're saying 9.30. Then they say 12.30. Then they say 3.30. It's going to be like 8.30, nothing. And then the surgeon comes in and says, sorry, we couldn't fit you in. Meanwhile, I hadn't been eating all day because you can't eat if you're going to have surgery. Yeah. So I hadn't eaten anything since lunch on Saturday. Well, and that, here it is, probably, Sunday night. That probably still makes the better. I guess, but I mean, they, yeah, they put me on morphine, but it was like every three hours. So like I couldn't rest because every three hours somebody was coming in, having to deal with that and then check yeah. my uh, blood pressure and uh, vitals temperature every three hours. So there's like no rest because as soon as I fall asleep, they're coming in and waking me up for some bull crap again. Um, and it's I'm terrible starving. for you, but it's terrible for you. But also, like it must be terrible for Laura too, right? Yeah, I mean, she's been <laughs> an constantly angel waiting time. and waiting and waiting. Yeah, yeah, and and my brother took my kids, so he's like, we, I had a hundred bucks in my wallet. Laura's like, here's a hundred bucks. Here's Bert's credit card. <laughs> Just do whatever you want with them. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know everything they did, but I do know they went to Costco. <laughs> <laughs> that was at least one of their stops. Um. So anyway, I meet the surgeon. Uh, he was great, but then he's like, "Sorry, we can't get you, get you in Sunday night." I ate a sandwich around nine o'clock Sunday night, and they said we'll try again Monday morning. And then mm. Monday morning was like the lowest day out of that two two and a half day period, I guess, just because like nine thirty passes, twelve thirty passes, it's yeah. getting to be like six thirty, seven thirty, nothing. And all the nurses can say is, "You're on the list. You're on the list. They'll get you in if they can." Meanwhile, what is this, like a heart anything. transplant? What, right. We're talking about a little ankle surgery. I don't know, man. I was, but I was super frustrated. Yeah, uh, it's frustrating. 
but but also being as polite as I can because I know the nurses. There's nothing they can do about it, you know. And, and they are like, being, they're being not, real good to me. And it's not like you like scheduled this. You didn't have an appointment. No, you just showed up and and threw this on them. But it was also like I was starting to get real down in that like. I was like, if you can't get me tonight, that's fine. Let me go home. I'll be more comfortable at home. Yeah. And then let's schedule this thing. And I'll come back and let's do it when it's scheduled. But at the same time, I wasn't necessarily trusting that because at least from what they were telling me, they were scheduling before the next morning and that never happened. So like, what's the deal? What's the point in scheduling if you're not going to stick to the schedule? Right. So anyway, that's just a little bit of frustration I was feeling. They yeah. did uh, real late around eight o'clock Monday night. They came in, they're like, you're going in and like me, Laura's like jumping up and down. It was, it was very exciting moment. Um, and so, yeah, they took me back. Uh, they got me prepped for the surgery. They brought me into the big white room with the giant lights. And there's like 10 people all around and everyone's Hmm. super nice. And, uh, they, they moved me from the hospital bed onto the surgeon's table and they gave me the little oxygen mask. And, uh, like, I, I don't even remember the, the very next thing I remember is waking up in a dark room and they're like, wow. okay, you're done. <laughs> wow, that's it was wild. insane. It was insane. There's no, there was no countdown. There was no like drowsiness. And it was, it was mm-hmm. in my mind, it was an instant. It wasn't even like a long rest, no dreams. It was just like laying in the bright room to opening my eyes in a dark room that quick. It was insane. Wow. Uh, I'm I'm thankful that I'm able to talk because uh, I don't know what happened during surgery and I, I didn't really force the issue with anyone there, but uh, I know they were going to put a breathing tube down my throat during the surgery. And so when I woke up, the tip of my tongue was real sore and it still is a little bit now, but it's much better. And I'm looking in a mirror and the whole tip of my tongue is like white and blistery. <sighs> Like, I think I must have just been biting down on my tongue the whole time I was out, you know, for two and a half, three hours, however long it was. And, uh, like, I guess nobody saw it or did anything about it. Just let me bite the crap out of my tongue the whole time I'm knocked out. Uh, so that is, I feel like that is healing slower than my leg that it, the past few days has been hard just to talk. Obviously I'm talking my face off right now, but yeah, it's been, it's been awkward. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i'm always speaking of talking I'm, i would be always concerned not, I don't, this is not a concern i always have but um <laughs> you know you see this on tv sometimes where I, I have a lot of thoughts that i don't want to share with the world and isn't there a tendency when you get like knocked out that you can start like saying stuff that you don't yeah. even remember saying right, you're, you're thinking like the like the dental like charlie bit my finger and stuff the dental oh, sure. like, tiktok videos sure yeah. and then somebody's a video of it and, and you say all these things that probably you really feel but you just right. you know never say um, any reports of you saying anything inappropriate throughout this whole process? Um, not inappropriate. I do remember this is the, this part brings back bad memories, but our first night there at the hospital, the, the one nurse who was assigned to me was very friendly and she brought in the doctors and she's like, we're going to have to take the wrap off what the EMTs did and get your leg right before the doctor comes in here. And I was dreading it. I knew it had to happen, but I was like, you got to drug me up before you do this because it, it's going to suck. And it it sucked for sure. Yeah, um, but the lady was so nice. 
And like, you know, Laura, I, I remember it and Laura was trying not to laugh, but it was, it was every profanity under the sun, <laughs> like, and like pounding the table and screaming <laughs> and sweating. And I know like the door's shut, but the rooms are close together. Like yeah, everyone yeah, yeah, can yeah. hear me, I'm right. sure. And this poor woman is just like grabbed onto my leg. Uh, and like after every stream of consciousness comes out of my mouth, I follow it with like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You're doing doing a great job. I know this is unpleasant. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be saying these things. (laughs) Uh, So it was, it was very uh, up and down, like between total out of control, like rage and pain to like very apologetic and calm and like taking a deep breath. And once that morphine, that first night started to kick in, I know I got very chatty with the lady. I don't think I said anything bad, but I was, I, uh, I was very overly friendly with everybody and very talkative. (laughs) Like the, after like the second or third time they took me back for the x-ray, it started, it was the same x-ray guy and I'd, they pushed me through the door and I'd be like, remember me? (laughs) (laughs) That sort of thing. I remember you, man. Yeah. You were cool last time I was in here. And he'd be like, yes, Yes, I was cool. <laughs> so that's when the drugs were real strong. Yes, that's what yeah. you've been working off of. Yeah, that was that was pretty pleasant. I I think I slept okay that first night, but again, it's like there's only so much you. Uh, that, that I was still in like in little OR, or I'm sorry, ER corridor rooms. It was more of a closet than a room. Uh, for the first night and then the next day around dinner time is when they finally moved me to like a real room with a couch and a recliner chair in my own bathroom and stuff like that um and uh, i mean laura came home both nights that i was in there oh no i was there three nights saturday night sunday night monday night yeah she wow. came home all three nights but i mean that was fine with me she didn't need to be there she wouldn't have slept good um and the kids yeah. were all still at home so yeah surgery monday night Spent the night, slept pretty good, and then uh, came home Monday around two or sorry, came home Tuesday, day before my birthday, two days after Laura's birthday, uh, two o'clock in the afternoon, and so uh, that's where I've been ever since. <laughs> Worst I, birthday ever. <laughs> yeah, it was not great. Unfortunately, <laughs> we didn't have anything memorable. big planned. It was definitely memorable. <laughs> definitely memorable. We've done a few memorable ones these flat past few years, but this one takes the cake for sure. Yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's, oh. it's a big bummer in that um, I I'm like useless around the house right now. I I'm upstairs, but it's no point in me going downstairs cause I can't do anything. And so all the chores, all the grocery shopping, uh, all the things I usually do uh, is everyone else having to do it. And um I don't like that. I like I like doing that stuff for my family. Uh, so I'm a little annoyed that they have to do it for themselves. <laughs> yeah. Are the yeah. kids stepping up? I mean, your children are old enough. Are they? Uh, yeah. How are they respond to this? Yeah. They're good. Uh, I sometimes I have to shoot them a text message. Hey, come up here, <laughs> <laughs> and they'll come up, and I like I need you to do this, this, and this, and then they usually do. Yeah. So yeah, they're being helpful. Are you tired of TV yet? Um. I wish I wish I was. I uh, I missed two days of work. As far as you know, for my for my occupation, yeah, you're, it's you're not a good busy to take right two, now. Yeah, it's not good to yeah. take two days off of work in late January. So 
I've been spending the past week getting caught up on those two days and I, I have a home office, but that's in the basement. So I've made a makeshift office here in the bedroom where I'm talking to you from right now. And, uh, I do watch it quite a bit of TV, but, uh, it's only begrudgingly because I'd rather be able to sit here and do work, but there's only so much I can do before I just get too tired of it or my, you know, starts hurting or I just need a change of scenery. And my yeah. only change of scenery is from this chair to that bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but everybody's optimistic. I'm staying optimistic. I I'm, if we go to the doctor on Wednesday and he's like, Ooh, this is not healing the way we wanted to, that's going to be a massive blow, but, but I'm not say that. So it'd be good. Yeah. 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 I think the next step is to put me in a boot. They'll, they'll take the soft cast off. That way I'll be, I should be able to go back to bending my knee at least. And if I could put some weight on my knee, I can move to one of those scooters, you know, that you just put one knee on the scooter. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. You can roll around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have on one of those already. A good friend of mine loaned me his from when he had an Achilles injury. So it's downstairs. It's ready for me to use it. But until the that, doctor gives me the okay to put weight on the knee, I can't use it. That will look way cooler than the walker. Totally. <laughs> I wouldn't mind going out to like the grocery store in that uh, just to get some fresh air or do something. Well, um, plus you get to then switch to the motorized scooter. <laughs> I'd like to bypass that altogether if, if possible. Um, oh, but with the surgery, they, they had to go in just below my left kneecap, you know, in that little soft spot where you have your reflexes and uh, they inserted a rod all the way down my tibia that is going to stay there forever. Uh, titanium rod. So uh, I'm like half cyborg now. And there's yeah. there, screws and stuff in there apparently i haven't seen the post-op x-ray yet i'm hoping to see that on wednesday because uh, i'd like to see what it looks like but apparently the screws and the rod are there for the rest of my life that's gonna well, be fun in metal detectors yeah I was, i'm not going to the airport security line with you i'll, I'll go separate <laughs> that's the first thing i said to the doctor and he's like well i was like am i gonna need like one of those cards to get through airport security now and he's like they don't care about that anymore nobody uses like You'll be fine in metal detectors uh, that these rods in our bones is so commonplace these days. Like people who run metal detectors don't blink an eye at it. You know, it just is what it is. Yeah. You, I always oh. think about these. These, Yeah, go ahead. Bert. I, I was going to say that the doctor, you could Google the doctor, the orthopedic surgeon who worked on me. He was drafted by the Toronto Blue Jays like in 2005. Um, he's a oh, big baseball cool. guy. And he's apparently – one of the orthopedic surgeons for the Orioles. So I felt bad. The guy had to have been like worn out because both times he came to see me before the surgeries were the nights he had to come in and tell me we're not getting it done tonight. And I could tell he was annoyed and he was tired. But the first night I met him and he came in and talked to me and, and you know, it, it was just a good chat, but he was tired. I could tell still in his scrubs, who knows how many surgeries he did that day. Yeah. And I was like, before I let you go, I just, I want to let you know, we, my wife and I Googled you and you're a big baseball guy. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Big baseball guy. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, hoping that would like turn into a conversation. Yeah, yeah. And he was just like, he, he just wanted to go home. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Dr. Luz L O it's either L O O Z E or L O U Z E. Uh, I can't remember exactly, but that's the guy. If you Google him, 
I'm hoping when I go back on Wednesday, it's a Wednesday morning. Maybe he'll he'll be in a better mood for chatting. Uh, I'd like to you, dig a little deeper get, on this baseball Orioles right, thing. You're gonna order your custom jersey with his name in the back to show up on Wednesday. With. <laughs> I just want to be like, tell me, tell me something about you know somebody's surgery or who. Right. Machado, uh, did you work on someone Machado's has, knee? How was his? Yeah, yeah. Machado's knee. Yep, Marquecas broken thumb from the playoff year. Um, or any Thika surgeries that that never were released. And there just you go. Yeah, the all some dirt. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I thought I I would have loved to come with a better story than that <laughs> we'll see maybe if i get any good dirt on wednesday i'll i'll share it with you guys hey if uh, a broken like ankle t- is that if that what it takes to get Bert story time up and go go go, go again i'm sorry <laughs> to happen Bert, but uh the silver lining is Bert story time is back it's good to be here yep it's good to good to share the details with people who want to listen <laughs> and i like that you told someone to their face that you googled them i thought we all google people behind their back and you don't actually tell them that you googled them <laughs> Well, they had told us the doctor's name, the surgeon's name, you know, the hours before we met him. So we knew who the guy was going to be. And we're like, oh, let's find out about this guy. I mean, yeah, I would doc- Google my doctor, too. Yeah, sure. no, I would doctors too. are I rock just... stars. They got to know people are looking them up. I'm sure. I just haven't heard of telling the person you did. <laughs> I am really dreading when they take this soft cast off because I I never really took a good look at my leg. Uh, once they unwrapped it in the hospital, I don't mm. really want to see it. Mm. Um, and uh, they showed me the x-rays and even that was unpleasant to look at. And so when they take this wrap off here with all the post-op colors and scars and stitches, and I have no idea what it's going to look like. And This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Uh, okay, this is awkward, but this bike says he'd appreciate it if you removed his skull pattern saddlebags. He feels self-conscious about them around all the other bikes, and he says you're not fooling anyone. You mostly ride with your golfing buddies. <laughs> Listen, I'm just the messenger here. Oh, no, I don't want to say that. I think you made yourself clear. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. I don't want to look at it, yeah. but I, I'm going to ask my wife to like take pictures of it that I can look at later and like from a distance <laughs> a couple know? years down the road yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't live uh, the rest of your life Bert, without ever looking at your foot again <laughs> i know i know it's it so yeah um i i feel lucky that it wasn't my ankle or foot or knee or ligaments or anything like that the break is bad but they seem to think it'll be a full recovery it's just i gotta be patient and uh 
optimistic and roll with it. So that's all I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> all, injuries that. like that always make me think of too. Like, what if it would have happened a hundred years ago? <laughs> would you be? Oh, I don't know. Walking yeah. around with one foot for the rest of your life years. happened hundred years ago. I don't know. I I don't know. Yeah, fifty years ago, you might have yeah lost a leg. Or like if it happened like on vacation, I mean, I, 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 you're right. I'd think about these things that, yeah, hundred people broke their legs like this a hundred years ago, maybe not on roller skates, but like similar breaks. I'm not the first here. I mean, you either, you had to let it heal naturally and then just have like a, a crypt, uh, yeah, a limp the rest of your life. Like, and the painful healing process got to be way worse than what I'm going through. And there's no oxycodone in 1823. Oh yeah. So, uh, yeah, I know. I'm, I, it, that kind of helps, uh, set my mind straight. Yeah, like, a little perspective. Stop, stop being a big baby. <laughs> if, if this happens in 2023, like that's the best time for it to happen. <laughs> wow. Right. If it happened in the year 3000, who knows what they can do with it? You know. Seriously. It not... Yeah, it's probably like a outpatient, like a laser procedure, and you're good to yeah. go. But I bet that Skateland still exists, and you guys want to take bets in the year three thousand? Is Skateland still there? I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> but I want to know how the how. I think you would have been better off on ice. That army crawl would have been a little nicer on ice. You could have just slid across. <laughs> yeah, it's a little better. But yeah, yeah. yeah who, I don't know. Who how knows many, what would happen? How many injuries do you think happen at that Skateland? I mean, it seemed like it was a normal like occurrence, like they were prepared and ready to go. You don't sign a waiver or anything, right, to go skating? No, no. No. It's not like when you go to the trampoline park and you sign away everything. It is a cash only business, which I kind of am skeptical of as a, uh, you know, accountant. Cash only business. Come on. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Come on. But but come on. What's going on? That's because. Yeah. Yeah, they don't want to pay for the credit card machine. It's worked this way for 50 years. We're going to keep it going. Well, and apparently they're doing just fine without it. Um, did you, I bet they have a nice ATM have... machine with a nice surcharge. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's like that donut shop. Yeah. Cash donut shop. should use the ATM. Um, security cameras. Oh, yeah. I, I never have any. We need, we need the footage. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there probably is. I don't know how frequently they tape over it. Uh, I can't, I'm not motivated to go reach out for it myself, but if anybody wants to, it happened around six 30 last Saturday night. Do they do email? It's cash only. And a cash only business probably just has cameras (laughs) at the cash register and nowhere else. Yeah. Uh, I know the, uh, one of the attendants, the one of the skate land attendants like had a clipboard, with a sheet that she was asking me questions and jotting things down. So like, I had imagine they have like a pre-printed injury sheet that they have to go down a list of anytime anybody gets hurt out there. I I'm sure it happens. Uh, people have told me after the fact, I don't know if there's any truth to this. So this could be hearsay and we're just going to put it out there on the record. I, I already believe it. Go ahead. Uh, the, the rumor is most of the injuries that occur at that skate land are, uh, uh, Firearm related. <laughs> oh, okay. Thus, the uh, massive security, like you're getting padded down or, or metal detectors going in and out of Skateland. Um, a lot of security guards around Skateland on what seems to be, you know, it was six o'clock on a Saturday night with a bunch of middle schoolers. But who, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Maybe the crowd gets rowdy there uh, after hours. I don't know. Well, in uh, 19, in 1982, 
the government did a did a research project on roller skating injuries. And apparently 47% of all roller skating injuries involve the wrist because people are falling wrong. Yeah. I remember a uh, uh, shout out to Dave Merritt. Uh, his dad, he had a birthday party there when we were in elementary school, Josh. Uh, uh, I know jo- uh, Dave's a pretty loyal 336er. Uh, and he, I specifically remember his dad slipping and breaking his arm at that same skate land uh, when we were kids. So, yeah, I mean, arm, wrist, that makes sense. You're trying to brace yourself before a fall, but my fall, I braced myself with my own leg. <laughs> my my hands and arms weren't an issue. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, that's wild. Good. I mean, you fall all the time. What happens? Why, why one time does the the leg break? That's wild. It's just wild that happens. Yeah, it was a it was just a funky fall. It yeah. was loud. It was crunchy. It was gross. Um, well, it says that also in this study from 1982 that skate injuries are influenced by the skating experience, the surface texture, the skate type, uh, the quality of the skate, and then whether or not you have protective equipment or not, which tells me lawsuit. There's at least four things in there that skate zone could have handled better. The uh, the surface, the skate type, and the skate quality, I think, might be what we lean on here. Sure. Yeah, someone needs to invest. They were real quick to cut that skate off my foot, and they probably just threw it in the dumpster because it was faulty or something, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. we need some dumpster yeah. diving. Yeah, and the, something um, skeptical about that specific skate. Was the disco ball going while you were crawling across the, <laughs> the, the skating rink? I don't remember specifically, but it is definitely like a laser light show in there. <laughs> All right, Brad. Well, thanks for story time. Story time's back. Yep. Yep. Wish it was under better circumstances, but I'm always down for a story. And you and you squeezed it into January, like the part where it kind of sucks talking about the Orioles. Yeah. It's yeah. Although time. there's been some positive. No. Quite a bit of positive, really. Orioles news. Yeah, no, I'm pumped about the Cole Irvin uh, trade. I'm really excited about it. But but first, before we get there, since we got Bert on here, can we just ask real quick, Bert, um, Lamar Jackson? So the story of the Ravens offseason, this offseason, is Lamar Jackson. I yeah. know you started to hate on Joe Flacco as being boring. Then yeah. Mr. Lamar came in, and you were all pumped again because he's exciting. Now Lamar, conflict dispute, where are you on – kind of what the Ravens should do in regards to Lamar Jackson. Well, it's a very touchy subject. You don't want to say the wrong thing. Uh, and I, I still love Lamar um, and I want Lamar to be our quarterback, uh, but I miss the flashy 2019, 2020 Lamar Jackson. When he went out this year, the Tyler Huntley experience 2.0, this is yeah, round yeah. two. We've already seen it last year. Yeah, they they are unwatchable. I might as well be Joe Flacco out there, to, in my yeah. opinion, because they are unwatchably boring under Tyler Huntley. Win or lose, even though we squeaked out a couple wins with Tyler Huntley, if it wasn't anything exciting, I would have rather gone to Costco. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and I mean, I even pre-injury, Lamar Jackson was not that great this year, and I don't know what that was all about. I mean, that yes, week two. What you know, uh, that Dolphins game we lost, but you know, he put up what like five touchdowns, and like you know, it that was a game the defense lost for us. So, again, I would take a loss if it's exciting, like that Dolphins game was. And there was another game two weeks later, I think, that we lost in the fourth quarter, but 
it was an exciting game to watch. Yeah, so again, yeah, yeah, sure. Losses are much easier to swallow if it was an entertaining game. Uh, wins don't feel great if it doesn't feel like you earned it. If, and there was nothing exciting about the game. A, a, a game where you win 16 to 14 is boring. I, I would have rather lost 57 to 42, you know, because at least that's an exciting game to watch. So I don't know. Uh, oh, that's a lot to say just to say. Um, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks, man. I want Lamar back, but I want flashly Lamar. And I don't know that, uh, if, if he can make a resurgence or not. Uh, and then I don't know what that means as far as paying the man, because there are certainly a bunch of other teams that will pay him, but they may get six or seven weeks out of him and then backup show for the rest of the year. Like we've had the last two years. So I don't know. I mean, I don't, I can't do anything about it. So I'm just putting my trust in the powers that be with Steve Ashadi and Eric DaCosta and trust that, I mean, the Ravens have always been a class act organization. Even when we're down, uh, we still got respect around the league. We're still a destination team for most players to free agents to want to sign or players to be traded to Roquan Smith being a prime example. Um, So as long as we don't become one of those teams like the Browns or who, or Panthers or somewhere where like there's the commanders, like there's no hope in sight. There hasn't been hope in sight in decades. Why would anybody want to play for the commanders? That's the far end of the spectrum where I feel like the Ravens are on the good end of that spectrum. So even if it doesn't work out with Lamar, there's a we uh, they operate a smart organization where something else will come in to fill his place maybe not necessarily a quarterback but you know he he has to get franchise tagged and then traded i mean he could bring in a lot with regards to a trade um and even if they end up paying him a ton of money that and he negotiates a deal uh it's a big risk that he gets hurt again and you only get half a season out of him. So, or, I mean, I'm hearing rumors that this whole thing, maybe, you know, he turned down that massive offer months ago. Maybe he just doesn't want to play for the Ravens. And and that's fine too, but I love Lamar. I got Lamar uh, jerseys, Lamar Funko pops. Like I I bought all in. He's a superstar. He's a talent. He's a once in a lifetime deal when he's playing, he doesn't do us any good on the bench. And, uh, and he makes my team unwatchable when he's not playing. That's my stance. Yeah. All right. No, I buy that. I think that's fair. Straightforward. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think it's all that unusual. I think a lot of no. people are the same way. Everyone agrees with that. I don't yeah. necessarily – it bothers me when I – I don't know if everyone agrees see, with that, but yeah. Right. Oh, I know I know they don't because I do see some of strong opinions. I think you have people extremes on either end. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Do, do. And I'm, I'm not one to be on the extreme of any end of anything. I'll always be – pros and cons of both things and just try to stay positive uh with a reasonable and realistic outlook but i think i think it's a good reminder i think you're right i think there's little danger i mean it's oral fans we know what it is can to be like the browns and just be uncompetitive for a long period of time i think there's very little danger if we can be competitive and almost win a player game with tyler huntley i think we can be competitive with with anybody quarterback so i think there's very little danger of us becoming you know a perennial six and 
11 team in the NFL. So I think that's that's good news because we're, we're well run. But if Lamar Jackson leaves, my concern is this this undiscovered country. Like who replaces Lamar? Um, right. Is like you can complain about Lamar all you want, but who replaces him? Um, and is, what is kind of team question. do we then become? Like right. what's this? If we focused on changing, so we're not the same type of team we were with Joe Flacco. We then have to go through that again. Yeah. So I just hope I hope we extend Lamar and just everyone's and we get a receiver. And we get a good a good OC, and we win the Super Bowl. That's all I'm asking for. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to say that you know that we could have beaten the Bengals in that play. We could have beaten them in Week 17 and beaten them in the playoff game. Just that silly Huntley fumble. Yeah, yeah, that silly play call and the fumble. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Add Lamar or and, yeah. why have J.K. Dobbins if you're not going to run the man? That's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, and then they got Greg Roman out the door, which also is a step in the right direction. Um. Yeah, but, but this team, how if Lamar comes back and signs, how close is this team from being a Super Bowl contender? I think we're right there, right? We're right oh, there. yeah. If he's playing, absolutely. Yep. But even if we'd have squeaked past the Bengals in that wild card game, I mean, I don't think we beat the Bills or the uh, Chiefs or whoever else was still ahead of yeah. us. You know, yeah. those are those teams would laugh at a Tyler Huntley led team. Yeah, but you know what's funny? The um, I agree. But with Lamar, just watching the, the Chiefs game where all the receivers got hurt for the Chiefs, who they don't have great receivers to begin with. And it's just interesting to watch like a receiverless team. It reminds me of watching the Ravens, right? Yeah. Um, yet Mahomes is just that great on one ankle with a receiverless team. Uh, it was pretty pretty it was pretty cool to watch. Yeah. So it can be done without receivers. You can win. <laughs> it's true. All right. We I, we don't have a ton of time left, but let's get I'm I'm really excited about the Cole Irvin trade. Um, so Josh, uh, so, I mean, this is, so I guess to, to, first of all, to summarize the, the trade, we got Cole Irvin, um, from the Oakland athletics for Darnell Harnais, a shortstop who made it up to Bowie last year at the age of 21, um, how do you feel about initial reactions, Josh, when you saw the Orioles made this trade? Who on the A's signed off on this trade? Oh, see, I, I think it's I, good for both teams. You you think it's a one-sided it, deal? I think, I mean, we gave, what, our fifth-level shortstop? Now, I know, I think, actually, I think we kind of robbed the athletics. We got a legit starter for this. But I also know that this is what we've been told. We've been told when we become this type of farm system that we are now, where like we have six of the top 100 guys and we're the top farm system in baseball, it means that our C and D level talents for other teams are A's and B's. And I think that's what happened here is a guy who wasn't going to be able to break it in our organization has an opportunity now at a lesser organization. Yeah, Daryl Harnais, I mean, you're right, the fifth best. I mean, you could argue down to eighth best, but, I mean, he's a young player with a, with a lot of talent, but you you line up shortstops like Holiday, like Westberg, like Ortiz, um, and you say, you know, where, where does he rank in kind of that list? And he's clearly well b- below those. But he's also like a young player with talent, so if the Oakland Athletics. I think the weird thing that surprised a lot of people from the Athletics perspective is this guy's making practically league minimum the pitcher for the athletics. He's under control for four more years. 
And he was scheduled to be Josh, their opening day starter. It was just, it was a little surprising for, um, from that point for the A's because, like, you could hold on to him. Right. Um, but isn't this, Bert, Bert, for me, though, even I don't care the players named, isn't this kind of like a, I don't know, the symbolism of this move? This is the first time, I think, right, that Michael Elias has traded a prospect for a legit major leaguer. So yeah. this is a sign that things are changing with the Orioles. We're not trading away players for prospects. We're now trading prospects for players starting now. Yeah, I mean, you you laid it out. It's uh, the the big news this past month was how uh, the Orioles have eight or nine players in the top 100 prospects in all of baseball right now. And that Elias was able to trade a guy that's not even in that conversation for somebody who's going to be under contract for four years. Um, it seems to me like a, you know, maybe the, the A's did, the A's did get a good shortstop out of it. Young guy with a future potentially, but it seems like a typical A's move. Uh, I, I can't point to anyone in particular where it's comparable, but knowing how their ownership operates, uh, it, it doesn't always, uh, it sometimes defies logic. It, yes, I mean, it doesn't Sean make a Manea, lot of sense. Chapman, like there's a long list of players yeah. that they just trade. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I'm sure there were some uh, Cole Irvin fans in Oakland, but uh, it wasn't like when uh, the Moneyball year, you know, where they just had to get rid of everybody. Um, so yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm I'm all for it because, yeah, I mean, he immediately becomes a, a potential opening day starter for the Orioles. Um and I, I just love the enthusiasm uh, first between uh, on social media for guys like us who are Orioles fans in and out who uh, generally there's, it's been kind of a dud off season and granted, this is not like a superstar f- splash or anything like that, but it is a positive move and it's yeah. solidifying the starting rotation that is still kind of in question. But I mean, there's one piece done uh, and the rest of the pieces are more or less there. It's just a matter of, determining who's going to take which slot. Um, so the fact that there hasn't been much of any negative opinion from it, I, in fact, I haven't seen any, it's been all generally positive. And, but then also seeing Cole Irvin's response on social media where he's overly positive and ex- he's excited about it. Yeah. He's uh, in the Coliseum. Yeah. Yeah. Come to come in your hearts. Where do you think where, you're going to want to pitch every day? Right. Right. He's going to well, face a lot of righties. Part, sure, yeah. Face a lot of righties. The left field balls move back uh, to a young team, a competitive team. Uh, I, I read another article that came across MLB, like the top six teams to become a bandwagon fan of right now. And like, yeah. we're not including the Yankees or the Dodgers. That's played. Anybody will jump on that bang, bandwagon at any point in time. But these are the teams. If you need a team to cheer for, these are the ones you want. And Orioles, obviously, were in there. And um, I, I like that they're reasoning in there. One of the reasons for jumping on the Orioles bandwagon is because the, of the Oriole fans and how the fans will go crazy if this team makes the playoffs. Oh, and yeah. I think, that, I think it reminds me of back to those fun years yep. and how this is going to be even greater when we hit it. Yeah. yeah. I think two of the underrated kind of things about this trade that I like, one is Daryl Harnais. Um, next year, he would have been eligible for the Rule 5 draft, which means we would have had to put him on our 40-man or he would have been lost to the Rule 5 draft. He certainly would have been drafted in the Rule 5 if we didn't protect him. And so I think we're now getting to the situation. I remember a couple of years ago, 
a few years ago now, when we traded Zach Britton, we traded Zach Britton for a bunch of guys from the Yankees who just did, they didn't have room for in the 40 man. And yeah. so I think we're getting in the position where we have so many talented players. I mean, think about all the guys that aren't on the 40 man yet. All, when we talk about these prospects, like Grace Rodriguez, like Colton Kalliser, like Jordan Westberg, like all of them are not on the 40 man. And we're going to need to make room for them on the 40 man this year, next year. And Harnais just, I don't think there would have been room for him on the 40 man. So it makes sense. And we're going to be in that position where part of the reason we have to trade prospects because we're not going to have room when they come eligible for the Rule 5 draft. And we can't keep them because someone else pick them up. So why not get something back for them? Um, that's the first thing I like about it. The second thing I like, I did a whole thing about like a month ago about, you know, the thing that the Orioles were worth, were worst at in terms of pitching was quality starts. And people might poo-poo the quality start stat. But what that stat shows is that you have pitchers who can consistently get deep in the games. And if you look at the teams who made the playoffs last year, all of them are at the top in quality starts. You have starters who can get deep in the games. And the Orioles were dead last at that, at quality starts, right? Because And, and what that does is tax your bullpen because we had guys like Tyler Wells who were on a pitch limit. We had guys like Austin Both who we don't know if he's a reliever or a starter. Like we had a bunch of those guys who couldn't get deep in the games. The guy who led us in, in quality starts last year was Jordan Lyles with 13. No one else was in double digits. The next highest guy was Kramer at eight and then Bradish at six. Cole Irvin, and all he does is pitches every five days and goes deep into games a lot. The past two years, he's had 15 quality starts. 15 starts, quality starts in 2021, 15 starts in 2022. That's That's more than anybody on our team as terms of quality starts. So you know you're going to get consistently good pitching. I mean, his ERA and his numbers from 2021 and 2022 are almost identical, like very similar numbers. So he's going to be able to pitch it in, in, into a lot of games. And that, I think, is very much needed. He threw 181 innings last year, threw 178 the, the year before. Wow. So he's going to throw 181 innings. He's going to start, you know, in, in 32 games. Um, and he's kind of adds to that. And you can fit him in wherever you want to fit in the rotation. We can debate about where these guys fit. But he's another kind of consistent guy who can pitch deep in the games. And you're still talking about innings limits on guys like Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall, where you need guys like um, Cole Irvin, who can who can go out there and pitch deep in the games every day. To also save, save your bullpen, because if other guys can't go deep, you know Irvin can go deep. Yeah. The the way you explained it was good as far as uh, Hernaz with the uh, Rule 5 uh, potentially coming up. I mean, the whole thing screams of a brilliant GM move who – anticipates the future right uh he's looking years down the road instead of like everyone wants to win now but uh the the keys are being able to retain these guys that are going to be part of the team and trade away the guys who are not going to be part of the team for the pieces that we're missing now and Cole Irvin falls smack into that you need a starting pitcher and give you close to 200 innings and 15 quality starts in place of a guy who we're not going to have room for next year anyway so what's the point in dragging him along in buoy? Um, yeah, I mean it's brilliant. I I don't want to uh, take away from any other previous GMs, but it doesn't seem like a move that anybody else would have done in prior years. Yeah, I mean, and part of the complaint about Michael Elias too this offseason, I agree with you, is is like he hasn't brought in a superstar, and I still think there's potential to bring in whether it's a big bat for the middle lineup or a starting pitcher via trade. We talked about the potential at the trade deadline. Because now like, everybody thinks, except for the athletics, the athletics know they're not 
in the playoff hunt, but every other team almost thinks they have a chance to make the playoffs at this point. Come June and July, teams will realize they have no chance of playoffs and there'll be more guys up available for trades. Sure. And if we want to make a big move, Josh, I'm not saying Otani, but if we want to make a big move for somebody else, then we still have all – I mean, we didn't trade any of our top 30 prospects. Right. Um, though, interestingly, I don't think Hernandez was going to be in our top 30 this year. But three years ago, he was in our top 30. It just shows how much – and he hasn't gotten worse. It just shows how much our prospect list has gotten better, like you were saying before, Josh, that we could push him off our top 30. But right. I bet he'll be a top 30 in Oakland's uh, prospect list. But he wasn't a top 30 for us. Right, and that's what we, sure. that's what we wanted. That was the – that's the – point of or it's not the point but that's a benefit of where this stage we're at with our farm system but we still have our big chips that yeah if we want to make a big deal at the trade deadline to get the top starter available the top bat available we still have guys you know we still have a deep first system who who we can do that so it's it doesn't hurt our farm system at all uh, or, or hurts it very 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 little and again we get a guy in control for four years it's not like it's just a rental for a year Sure. You can pencil them in for the next four years. It's just it's just a really smart, good move, um, and maybe hopefully Harnais turns into a great player, and it's a good move for the Athletics, and it's also a good move for us. Definitely, yeah. I'm I'm just loving all the hype with the the eight in the top 100 with Gunnar Henderson being number one. Like I saw a poll today that Henderson and Grayson Rodriguez are number two favorites for Rookie of the Year this year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and and with you know, I I know Jackson Holiday is still considered a baby, but like you know, it's not outside the realm of possibility that he'll be the number one prospect next year. There'll be three consecutive years with the Orioles having the number one prospect. I mean, things are looking good. There's it's, yeah. it's a good time to be uh, optimistic in Birdland for sure. Yeah, the and Orioles have proven they're not only good at drafting players. Um, because he wasn't a unanimous like one-one selection with Jordan Holiday, but now everybody. Even just his little time in pro ball, everyone's saying, yeah, this guy is uh, holiday is legit. Um, but they've shown really good. You look at Colton Cowser, Jordan Westberg. They've also shown the ability to kind of really develop guys um, because guys, a lot of the guys who are in the top 100 are there because of how, not because of where they were drafted, but because of how they have played in professional baseball, just shot up the list, right? Gunner shot up the list last year. Like he yeah. almost out of nowhere. We've right. seen similar things with Colton Cowser. We speculate maybe Kobe Mayo will be that guy this year, but it's not just that we're drafting guys high because we're, we we've been terrible and they're staying there. Like we're developing guys who weren't on the top 100 the year before, but they shoot up there because you know they're playing so well in the minors for the Orioles. Yeah, totally. All right, um, we'll we'll end with this. Well, let's get out of the show on this. Uh, this is dumb, but the MLB show, you guys see the new cover for MLB The Show? Jazz Chisholm? Yes. Yeah. yeah, you guys, just reactions to Jazz being the cover of MLB The Show. <laughs> uh, I mean, his name is Jazz, and he's got a big personality. I mean, he's, yeah, got, the, cool. uh, he's got the face for it. He's young. Uh, it's, and he's a hard guy not to like. And there's a question whether marketing. his numbers back it up, though. It doesn't matter about numbers. It's marketing. <laughs> He's in Miami. Yeah. That's where they want to sell the they want to sell the game. Miami's a growing city. Miami's. You're not excited about the Marlins, but it's a, a team that people can get behind and get excited about and not hate. Josh, he not, played in 60 games off. last year and batted 250. Does that bother you at all? I know. <laughs> you're not pushing. It. That's what I'm saying. You put Judge on the corner. You got, on the cover. You're going to cause people that don't like Judge. 
You're gonna put. We went. It's a, it's Josh, a we went Otani. No, before that, Tatis. Now, Jazz. Yeah. Okay. There's more <laughs> that goes into it than stats, is what I'd say. If it was just stats and excitement about what happens in between the lines, I think you would have a good shot for putting Adley on there. Don't confuse a, baseball stats with selling video games. Right. It's about selling video games. Jazz will sell more games than Adley. You think Jazz no, will sell no, more games? I don't know why. I think they should go with a team, a squad thing maybe next year and put Adley, Grayson, Gunner all on the cover together. But also, does anyone I don't really care the cover of the show? What? No. No, nobody cares about the cover like yeah, is no, there okay. a curse? Is there a curse like Madden? There's way more talk about the Madden cover than there is the the show cover. Yeah. The show we just all hope every year that they can get it out before baseball season because it's always a struggle. Yeah. All right. Fine. You guys don't care. Fine. I mean, yeah. <laughs> all right. I don't. I mean, does Jazz sell a lot of jerseys? Is he does he lead in the league in jerseys? I don't. I don't know a lot about this player. That's what I'm just surprised. All right. Yeah, it's a no. I get it. It's a maybe surprise. he's super popular. You, he's uh he's one of Albie's favorite players. I he know is a lot about, okay. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Jazz okay. quite a bit. Okay, but I don't. You know, I don't know if, if he could spout off his stats, but he knows. Well, it doesn't matter. A, he just knows his name. Yeah, he knows he, the Marlins. And he's a big personality and he's a young, fun guy to watch. So that's sometimes that's all, right. all it takes. Yeah, it's good with yeah. Albie. It's good with me. <laughs> right. Josh, ready to get out of here? Anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Uh, no, no plugs right now. I mean, I'm still working on new shirts, but I'm not really pushing them until spring training starts. But I'll have about probably 30 new shirts up on the store before uh, spring training starts. Nice. So people need to go follow all that stuff on Twitter and Instagram because I keep doing sneak peeks on there until I launch them on the shirt on the store. I saw the mountain okay. one. Yeah, I got the mountain. I got nice. um, I got a Grayson one up now. I got another Adley one. I've got. A generic Baltimore one. Uh, you mentioned the show. Are you going to take your own advice? Are you going to do like a duo Adley Gunner thing? Adley I, Gunner am playing, I am playing with the idea of the, yeah, the future. Or uh, okay. kind of the future is here with those three guys. So I can always take ideas. The cavalry, um, maybe? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cavalry 3.0? <laughs> um, no, I think, I guess one thing that is exciting that happened this week that next week will be old news is that Michael Elias did come out and say he expects Grayson Rodriguez to be part of the starting rotation opening day. That'd be awesome. So there is, there's a lot of excitement there. So yes, I am going to be working on, I've got a t-shirt that I keep. What I do is I, I've been looking on uh, Poshmark, which is like this. I don't know. It's a store that people use to buy old clothes. And I've been playing on it, looking at old t-shirts like 90s oriole t-shirts right and there's this shirt that i've got saved where it's got all the fat heads of all the players it's like the team and all the fat heads. yeah yeah sure so i've been playing with the idea of something like that for these exciting guys on the orioles this year so we'll have something something coming along similar that combines those yes Okay, cool. I don't want you to say too much because someone might steal it. So I, I will, we'll, oh, we'll, we'll leave it there. Oh, I, I didn't even talk about that. I should have I should have started the show today complaining about breaking tea, stealing my shirt. Yeah, I saw you. <laughs> I'll tell you it. what. Uh, I'll, yeah, what you did didn't you get any see, response from that? What you didn't see was the private DMs Ooh, because okay. I go in and find out that the that uh, 
the owner of Breaking TV was following me on Twitter. Ooh. Now, after mm-hmm. I caught him out, he is no longer following me on Twitter. And he DM'd me, I like The Wire, too. <laughs> and that was it. So, yeah, no, and uh, saying they didn't see the shirt. But it's a direct rip. They copied yeah. it. No question. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Um, uh, I, it, won't be the, it won't be the last time. I, Probably no, not the first time. No, yeah. people keep copying. I don't care. I'll keep making yeah. new ones. It's why I got to keep rolling out new shirts and new designs because yeah, someone's yeah, going to ahead. Yeah. Besides, I still think The Birds is better than Baby Birds. I'm done with Baby Birds. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I like that all those Baby Birds have grown up. And now we can have a fun year. Yeah, they got mustaches sometimes, long hair. Yeah, they're not babies anymore. No, right. the owner, I'll tell you, the owner of Breaking Tees is an Orioles fan. Okay. Because I caught him out on that last year when they were trying to jump on the, uh, on the binocular bandwagon. <laughs> found out that he found out then he was an Orioles fan. Oh, the old so, BB. Yep. Binocular so, bandwagon. Binocular bandwagon. <laughs> I just thought I missed a reference there. Thanks, Bert. I don't think I'll let it go. <laughs> no. Oh, I do. Have, I felt the need to clarify when then there was no reaction. I do, have, I, I do have two new BB shirts coming out this year in Baltimore baseball that are using the old school, like pre Oriole Bird logo. And some of the old school, like if you go to Camden Yards, you know how on the side of the seats it has the old baseball player with the BB and the bats? Yeah, yeah. So I'm drawing that up for a shirt cool. as well. Because it's a cool little thing that you only know if you go to Camden Yards all the time. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. Go ahead and steal that. So I can do. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead and follow Birdland Sports. Because uh, Josh got a lot of stuff in the hopper there. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe Breaking Tea will block me as well. Yeah, add it to the list. Add it to the list. They're starting to block us. Yeah, that means you're doing well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, go ahead and further in sports, support them. Go ahead and support and us what? by going to iTunes. Go ahead, Josh. Fine. Can we get out of here? Yeah, well, we never mentioned that this is our 500th episode. Oh shoot! <laughs> we, should, we were supposed to start the show with "Hey, it's been 500 episodes." It was it a special song or anything? <laughs> No, I googled 500 and it was I would walk 500 miles. And that's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Play that. I played that on piano for your sister's wedding. See, I did. You should have busted out the piano, Bert. Yeah. Bert you should have composed your own little version for yeah. the second. <laughs> right when we do a little live show before opening day, piano. Yeah, yeah. Piano. <laughs> All right, let's get. I on. should be walking around Camden Yards by opening day. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> like it never happened. Yeah. All right, guys, go, go to iTunes, write us a review, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us five stars, write us a review. Follow us on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at section336. You can follow Bert on Twitter at Bert Rohde. And you can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Rocha. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's.
This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC.